Standing on the platform of truth. Pioneer Health and Missions. Good morning once again and happy Sabbath. And of course, we're, we're about to get into the study of God's Word, but before we, we want to invite, um, or we want to ask for His help for us to comprehend His Word this morning. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Jehovah, we thank you for this blessed Sabbath day. We thank you for another day of life. We thank you for bringing us here safely. And now as we partake of your word, we ask that you bless the reading and the hearing of it and that we can follow the instruction uh, that we will be finding in your word this morning. We thank you and we ask this in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Well, I, I, um, many of us are familiar with the prophetic gift among Adventists, correct? I have read a number um, of studies on the prophetic gift. I have heard a number of presentations on the prophetic gift. But when I was introduced to this um, pattern or this study on the prophetic gift, uh, it fascinated me and it succeeded or exceeded um, anything that I had looked at prior to this presentation. Um, I was first, uh, I first heard this presentation a number of years ago. It's been quite a long time um, and it's always been my desire to, to share it. So I am thankful that finally I got the opportunity to share this study with you. So I pray that you are blessed. So one way um, that Jehovah chooses to communicate with mankind is mankind. Or um, what I'm trying to say is that he chooses either a woman or a man to give a message or bear a message to his people. Such are commonly known as what? Prophets or prophetess. How many of you are a prophet? How many of you are a prophet? Have you been given a message to bear? Yes. Um... I understand that we as a movement or people are prophets. However, not in the sense of Bible prophets. In the book of Revelation, the Protestant world is identified by what symbol? Does anyone know? In Revelation 1920, we find that the, the Protestant world or Protest, apostate Protestant America is identified by the symbol of a false prophet. Were you aware of that? Why 
because the message they bear in God's name is false. So the symbol of a false prophet is given to apostate Protestant America. In the Bible, not all were given the prophetic gift. Nonetheless, um, I'm sorry, in the Bible, some were given the prophetic gift, although we don't find writings or portions of Scripture that tell us that these prophets actually pinned anything in the Bible. Can you think of one? Who was a prophet in the Bible that did not write anything in the scriptures? John the Baptist. Someone mentioned one? Jonah. Deborah. Quite a few, right? We also read about the prophetess named Anna in Luke 2.36, who although given the gift of prophecy, we find no writing of theirs in the Holy Scriptures. The same for Philip's daughters, who we read prophesied. So we see that a number of prophets did not write anything in the Bible. Will you agree? Nonetheless, they were given a message to bear. And I dare say that their message was life and death. Because if we disregarded that message, then the result would be death. This message was divinely divine in its origin. In the Bible, we find the following pattern. A prophet who has been given a message to proclaim that involves time. But what kind of time? Prophetic time. And one that rises after the prophetic time ends to gather the remnant. So there's a prophet that proclaims a message, and his message is one of prophetic time. And at the end of that prophetic time, a prophet is, arises to gather the remnant. Another fascinating fact is that their names has much to do with their particular ministry. In other words, their name corresponds with their ministry. And keep this in mind. We will start with Enoch. Enoch means what? Dedicated. Was Enoch a dedicated man? We all have heard about Enoch. What happened to Enoch? He was translated. He walked with God, correct? In Genesis 5.21 we read, and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. We read that Enoch, this dedicated one, he begat a son, and his son was, his son's name was what? Methuselah. And what does the name Methuselah mean? Now, this is what I found, okay? Man of the javelin or missile. What is a javelin? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Or missile. What are these items? They're items of what? 
of war, right? To strike, correct? So this was Methuselah's name, javelin or missile. We know that what happened when Methuselah died? The flood. The missile or the javelin, in figuratively speaking, was launched, correct? The flood came, and who did God use to gather a faithful remnant? Noah. And what does the name Noah mean? Does anyone know? Rest, comfort, or consolation. This is what the name rest or um, Noah means. In Genesis 5.29, we read, And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us in our work and in the toll of our, hand, of our hands, which cometh because of the ground which Jehovah hath cursed. So here we read that Noah, Noah saying, This same shall comfort us in our work. So Noah's name is comfort. Okay? So the remnant were comforted through Noah. Did they find comfort? Yes. Right? And of course, we also know that Noah was also involved in the proclamation of the message. Right? Calling those during his time to repent and to get on board inside the ark. Right? The next mouthpiece Jehovah chose to warn the people of what was coming, also relating to time. Who was? Who was it? Can you guys think during that same time or right after Noah? Abram. Right before his name was changed. Abram. And what is the meaning of the name Abram? Father is exalted. We know, of course, that later Jehovah changed his name to Abraham. But Abraham meant, or, yeah, meant, father is exalted. Now the question is, how was the father exalted? How did Abraham exalt our heavenly father? Through pure worship, or true worship. Before Adam and Eve were expelled from Eden, where did they worship? When Adam and Eve were still in Eden, where did they worship? In the garden. It was after their expulsion that Jehovah led Abram to exalt him by exclusive devotion. Everywhere Abram called home, he erected what? An altar. In dedication and worship to the true God. Thus the father was exalted by the life of Abram. So he kept um, um, the knowledge of the true God going. Even after Adam and Eve had been expelled from the Garden of, of Eden. This is also very interesting and I hope I don't forget. Because in the Garden of Eden... Adam and Eve worship, but after they were expelled, the place of worship 
transferred or was changed. And now, Abram or Abraham were worshipped in altars, right? They erected altars as a form of worship. But we know that that later as well uh, changed. So what was given to Abram? Genesis 15.13 reads, And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for how long? For 400 years. So that was the prophetic time, or the time there. 400 years. And he's, um, who did God raise to gather the remnant and deliver his people after those 400 years were concluded? Moses. And Moses means to pull out or draw out of water. That's what the name Moses means. In Exodus 2.10, we read the following. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. So again, we see how Moses corresponds, the name corresponds with this ministry, right? Because he delivered, not only was he delivered in a basket in water, but also he delivered the Israelites through what? Through the Red Sea, through water. The next prophet with a time message is Jeremiah. And what does Jeremiah mean? Jeremiah equals Jehovah is exalted. Now, Jeremiah was living in a terrible time period because the whole entire nation of Israel, I'm sure there was a remnant, were in apostasy. Correct? And in Jeremiah 25, 11, we read, And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon for how long? Seventy years. Do you think that that was a difficult message to bear to God's people? You're going to become slaves. Or you're going to become servants of the Babylonians. And you will be servants to the Babylonians for 70 years. Who did God raise up to gather his remnant? After those 70 years, um, or, yeah, during that time. Daniel. And what does Daniel mean? God is my judge. And Daniel 9.24, now before I read Daniel 9.24, Daniel was not also a gathering prophet, but he also was a proclaiming prophet. In other words, God gave him a message as well to declare, okay, uh, again, based on time. A message was given to Daniel based on time. So Daniel 9.24 reads, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression 
and to make an end of sins and to make a reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. In the verse 25 we read, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. How many of you have studied this prophetic uh, message, the 70 weeks? If we haven't, we need to. And we need to know how to share it. Because it proves uh, that Jesus Christ was in fact the Messiah. This prophetic time period ended in the year 34 AD with Stephen's execution. When Stephen was stoned, the nation of Israel declared by that act that they were giving their complete back to Christ or to the Son of God. Their probationary period came to a close. And now the message would go out to the nations. In Daniel 9.26 we read, And after the three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now the name, da the name Daniel, what, what was the meaning of that name again? God is my judge, which corresponds with Daniel's ministry. As a matter of fact, in his book, we find that the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was judge. Correct? We also find the judgment scene in chapter 7, verse 9 where the Ancient of Days sits, and the books are open. We also find Michael standing up after the King of the North comes to his end in Daniel 11.45. Indeed, Daniel the prophet wrote much in respect to judgment. Daniel was not only a prophet that declared a message, but as I mentioned earlier, he was too a gathering prophet. Daniel also mentions the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Who did, who did Jehovah raise to carry this out? Because that was a, a prophetic statement based upon time, the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. And who did God raise to rebuild the city? Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah. And what is the meaning of Nehemiah? Jehovah comforts. Do you feel that the people of God felt comfort when they for so many years had been uh, foreigners and now they see their city being rebuilt once again? Sure, they, they were comforted by that. Daniel also mentioned the anointing of the most holy. Who's the most holy? This referred to, to, to the Christ or the anointed one giving commencement to the ministry or his ministry. Who did God raise for the anointing of his son? John the Baptist or John. Jehovah has shown favor or has been merciful. 
We also read in Daniel's prophetic time, there will be seven weeks, also 62 weeks. After the 62 weeks, who would be cut off? The Messiah, Christ. This, this, took, this took place in the year 31 A.D. And the Apostle John stood there by the mother of Christ to show favor or mercy. Who did Jehovah raise up after the 70 weeks were up? Remember they were, um, the 70 weeks came to a conclusion or to a close right after Stephen's execution? So who did God raise up? But before Paul, what was his name? Saul. Of course, we know later Jesus changed his name to, to Paul, right? Saul, what does that mean? Asked for. Was he asked for? Was he chosen? Was he called? Yes. So we, here we see that he gathers a remnant as well. Another important factor that I forgot to mention, I think, yeah, I did mention it, is uh, that their message was a life and death message. A life and death message. If we would receive that message, we would receive life. And if we rejected that message, the result would be death, right? What was the message that Noah bare to the people? Repent. Get in the ark. What was the result of disobeying? Death. All these prophets had a message. If we disregarded the message, then by default we were choosing death. Some people say, or some people have the thought, the mentality that I'd rather not choose. But by not choosing, you're choosing. We're choosing. Right? But not acting, that's a choice. We're choosing not to act. That's a choice. So by default, the result, we will reap the result of that. Another prophetic message that um, we find recorded in Daniel, um, in Daniel, where is that found? Where is another prophetic message found? In Daniel. Daniel chapter 8, verse 14. Right? And what is that... Um, I'm sorry, effort. let me read this real quick. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel, this is in regards to Saul, unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So again, Saul was chosen to bear a message to the Gentiles. Now going back to the prophetic uh, statement found in Daniel chapter 8, verse 14. And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be what? Cleansed. Now this is a prophetic time, correct? That Daniel declares, that God gives through the prophet Daniel. And this is referring to the two twenty-three hundred days. When did the twenty-three hundred days commence? I mean, ended, I'm sorry. In 1844. By now I believe we have seen a pattern. 
Have we not? Who did God raise up at the end of the 2,300 days? Yeah, William Miller. But a prophet to gather the remnant. Ellen White. Ellen White. What does Ellen mean? Well, we have to follow the same, right? If it's going to fit, it's going to fit well. What do you say? <laughs> Ellen, bright, shining light. You see that? Now, what was Ellen, her following name after Ellen? Before white. Gold, right? And what is... Um, what does gold mean? Gold. And of course, we know white means white, right? <laughs> well, before Ellen White took, her, took on her husband's name, what was it? Harmon. And what does Harmon mean? Harmon. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. Harmon. <laughs> Soldier. Warrior. Who was um, Ellen White as a child? Don't recall her age, but she was young. Who was she um, a part of? And I'm speaking in Religious um, terms. The Methodist. But right after. Right after Methodism. Because she was expelled out of the Methodist church, right? No. Yes, she was expelled from the Methodist church. But the Millerites. She attended William Miller's, um, or one of William Miller's, uh, presentations or talks she accepted the message and this was prior to her getting married so her name was Ellen Harmon right and that name means soldier or warrior well we know from what we read that the Millerite movement was a, and I'm trying to recall Ellen White's um, words, but let me, let me just say it this way. She states that the Millerite movement was a powerful demonstration of the power of God. In other words, the Millerite movement, movement is also known as the Great Religious Awakening. They were very aggressive in their preaching work and very zealous. And I, when I say aggressive, I don't, mean it, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean they were nonstop proclaiming the message. And of course, they believed that Jesus would come in 1843 at first. 
And they believed it with all their heart. And so this was their experience. There were soldiers at war. And I found out, I find that very interesting. Um, so again, we see that after or before Ellen, Ellen married James White, she was a messenger to the Millerites, although she received her first vision after 1844. I believe she received her first vision in 1846. So there were still the Millerites. Her first stage, as we saw, a Christian warrior. And as I mentioned, the Millerites were known for their zeal and aggressive preaching work. Now the name corresponds to their ministry. And we found out that Ellen means what? A light? Gold? Gold. And what do we read in Revelation 19 verse 8? And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now when we read, the, read, the, read this verse, and we read into her, the verse is referring to the church. Okay? And to her, to the church, was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. And in Revelation 3.18, we read, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. We see gold there, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thyself, that thou mayest see. If we read Sister White's writings, we know, although she word or she penned millions of words, this was her message. This was her message. This was the message that she was trying to convey to God's people. The righteousness of Christ. And the importance of us wearing that garment. But, be, but because without that garment, what, what happens? Without that garment, we're found, we are found naked. And in the parable, in the book of Matthew, I recall, I believe, the one without a wedding garment is what happens to such one. He's taken and thrown into outer darkness. Who allowed you to come into the banquet without a wedding garment? That's the illustration given there. And so that was Ellen White's ministry. And as we saw, her name fit the description. It corresponded with her ministry. Also, I find it very interesting. I didn't, I didn't put it here. Adam and Eve, in the beginning, they worship in the Garden of Eden. Abraham, by his example, and I'm sure by his message, pointed people to the correct way or true way of worship. And he erected altars, correct? And then later Moses was given a pattern. And that pattern that was given to him was what? 
the sanctuary. And they built one in the desert. It was a tent, right? And so by their example, and I believe as well by their teaching, they were pointing people to the correct, pure worship to the one true God. When Jesus died, now that place of worship from the earthly sanctuary was no more. Correct? We know that when Jesus died, what happened to the veil? It was torn. In other words, Jehovah's presence was no, no more found therein. And so now that worship transferred or changed. Where to? To the heavenly sanctuary. And we know that transpired right after Jesus left. Well, we talked about Ellen White's ministry. What happened in 1844? Another transfer occurred. Right? Now the worship was the true worship, or those worshiping the correct way, I would say, and some are going to probably crucify me for that, <laughs> but I can't think of a better way to say it, so that's what came to mind. Now that is transferred, yes, to the heavenly sanctuary, but to the second apartment of the heavenly sanctuary, the most holy place. So you see how the dispensations, and every dispensation, this has taken place, or this change has taken place. And I also found that very fascinating. And Ellen White pointed people, through her visions, that Jesus had made the move from the holy place, to the most holy place. And that's where we are to be found. Not literally, figuratively, because God's people follow the Lamb wherever He goes. So our minds need to be found worshiping in the most holy place. And if our minds are there, all our being will be there. And that's why it's very important um, that as we walk through the sanctuary, as we understand these concepts, a change takes place. Not only inwardly, but outwardly. And as a matter of fact, if a change takes place inwardly, then the outward would only show. So, I prayed, it, it was a short study, but I, I was fascinated. When I first saw this, I was like, there is no doubt that Alan White was risen by God at the end of the 2300 days to gather a remnant. And sure, and sure enough, there was only a remnant left right after the great disappointment. Only a few believe that their, their, their views, um, that there was a mistake in their views, but that there was still a God in heaven. Many rejected the, their entire belief in God. But as we read, it was a cleansing, right? Because it only proved that when Jesus didn't come, they turned their backs. But those that love God with all their heart, 
They didn't turn their backs. They rather examined what they were teaching, what they had believed. And they did this through prayer and through the study of the scriptures. And hopefully sometime I will show, I will share that Jesus, there's a, if you read Luke chapter 21, it tells you where we're at in history. Everything outlined in Luke chapter 21 has almost happened. Has almost happened. And where it talks about him coming with clouds, it happened. He came with clouds. He did come with clouds. But to, to, he didn't come with clouds to the earth. He came with clouds to, to the second apartment of the, of, of the heavenly sanctuary. And that's also a very fascinating uh, study. Because it shows everyone here or anyone that exposed to that study without a shadow of a doubt where we are in the prophetic map. So... I pray that you were blessed and um, that we can take in um, the counsel that has been given to us through uh, the ministry of Sister White, um, knowing that if the message of old given through the prophets was a life and death message, well, then that hasn't changed, right? So, and it is our... um, our responsibility to pick up those books and read them. Sure, we need to read the Bible. I'm not excluding the Bible by no means whatsoever. But there's counsel there exclusively for us, the people of God. So thank you. And um, with that, um, I would like to close with, with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and, and again, um, allowing us to see this divine pattern, how you have chosen people in the past, prophets and prophetess to declare a message. And Father, we want to be found among those that obey your voice through uh, the message. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. And we know that the message is from you. So, Father, I pray that you be with us through the rest of this Sabbath day. Um, help us and keep us is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Standing on the Platform of Truth Pioneer and missions.